Welcome one, welcome all. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, uh, Rebirth Episode 3. I am your host, John Waltz, coming to you today from beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, as per usual. And uh, joining me from the great state of Arkansas, just a few hours down Interstate 40 from me, is uh, a man who is a writer, and he writes on uh, motivation, uh, content on wisdom, manhood, relationships, and leadership. He is a husband, father, and difference maker, the CEO of Guardian Payments. He is Mr. Ryan King. You can find him on Instagram uh, under the username, The Wisdom of Kings, uh, Ryan Welcome to the Discovering Masculinity podcast. It is great to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's go ahead and uh, and hop right into things here. Um, I do, uh, uh, even though this is the uh, the rebirth season of the uh, the Discovering Masculinity podcast, uh, I usually lead off the every episode with uh, pretty with the same question. So you are uh, you are no different. You're going to uh, answer this question right off the bat here, um, Ryan. In uh, in your view, what does it mean to be a man in the Western world today? Oh man, that is a, uh, that's a complicated question. Um, you know, I think today in a lot of ways we've kind of lost, lost touch with, you know, our, our roots when, you know, when I think of the word, you know, in the Western world, um, you know, to me that goes back to, you know, much further back than the 1950s, you know, you know, our, our nation and democracy and all those things were founded on, you know, the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans. And a lot of our government was based on, um, you know, the, the, those old republics. And, um, you know, for me, I feel like we've, we've kind of just got bits and pieces of, you know, um, different versions of what it means to be a man. And we don't really remember what it's like to be a comprehensive man. We just kind of have, you know, men who have a few, a few characteristics, but not others. And, um, so I think it's a challenge to to kind of rediscover um, what it really means, you know, to be to be a modern a modern man, you know, because it, um, it's just so much noise has gotten lost and lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the goals of of this podcast, and and so many. Uh, so many men that I've uh, come to follow and admire online here in in the uh, in these recent times is is just figuring out like to to answer that question. You know what what is a true what does ma- true masculinity really look like and and what is it supposed to look like and and how it can mm-hmm. be beneficial to to our society and and one of the um, think common definitions I was getting early on or, or meanings that I was getting on or early on when I was doing my first few episodes is the words protector and provider uh, kept coming back up. And so 
kind of um, branching off of that question here uh, for you being a husband uh, and a father, um, what, what does it mean to be uh, a protector and a provider? Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is just, um, that should be like entry level stuff, you know, like the, the fact that that's, that that even needs to be said. And, you know, and that's, that's what our definition has been boiled down to. To me, that should just be such a given, um, you know, the fact that we're having to, having to remind men to be protectors and providers just shows how far we've fallen because, um, that should be a non-negotiable, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that goes back to, you know, pure survival evolutionary standpoint, you know, 5,000 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. like as a man, you had to, you had to protect the tribe, you know, you had to provide food for your offspring, you know, and so that doesn't even, to me, I, you know, what we've lost in terms of manhood is, is ideal manhood is noble manhood, you know, things like integrity and honor and keeping your word, um, those higher level things that philosophers have talked about and, um, you know, the, the protecting and providing aspect of it to me is, is just such a, should be such a given, um, that we wouldn't, we shouldn't even be having to have deba debates about that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's so, that's such, I mean, that is like the essential, the essentialness of, of a man's purpose. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we live in such, we live in such, I guess, you know, even though we've just been through, been through a pandemic and, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of difficulties in terms of, you know, inflation and economics. I mean, we still have it pretty, pretty easy compared to, you know, where we were even, you know, even 50, 60 years ago, uh, as far oh, yeah. as conveniences go. And, and, you know, the, the fact that you know a guy um, like me can can put together something like something like this, a platform like this, it just shows you know just kind of how low the barrier is to to entry in a, in a lot of things, and and uh, you know we've we've made it so we've made it so easy on ourselves that uh, um, it, it's really it, like you said, it just shows you how far we've we've regressed as a society, just to, to the fact that we've got to tell people to, you know, get off, you know, get off your ass and stop playing video games and go out there and, and make something of yourself is just, is, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm turning 40 this year. So I, I'm, I remember when, I remember when dial up internet became a household thing. I remember when a lot of these modern convenient conveniences that we have now that, that we just take for granted, um, where it was just kind of sci-fi level stuff when, when I was a kid, you know, and, and now here we are broadcasting to the, or recording something that's going to be broadcast to the world through, through small devices. And so it, it just shows you how the more convenience I, we have, I think the more that definition of, of manhood and, and masculinity gets, uh, gets watered down. And, um, I'm reminded of, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Well, as far as the protection, the protection and, and provision aspect of it, you know, I think um, the challenge is that, you know, kind of talking about, you know, what you're what you're talking about is, you know, civilization has, has kind of changed the way that looks. Um, you know, I think every modern man, you know, if someone broke in the house and attacked the family would protect them, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think now the fact that we don't have overt threats 
makes makes what we need to perfect protect our families from a lot more nuanced and a lot more you know takes a lot more in-depth thought and so you know it, um, the things that i think of when i think of protecting my children now aren't you know protecting them from wild animals or you know invading tribes or whatever right like civilization has created all a whole new sort of threat mm-hmm. and modern men don't seem to be equipped to identify those things as a threat you know it seems very subtle you know like oh it's not a big deal to let them watch tv or it's not a let them it's not a big deal to let them play video games or whatever and you know modern threats uh, aren't obvious you know and and that's that's a challenge i feel like as a man you know as a modern man protection looks a lot different um, you know it's 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 far beyond you know threats to their physical safety and it's uh, kind of morphed into protecting their minds, you know, protecting, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible talks about, you know, the importance of guarding your heart, you know, and men aren't doing a very good job protecting their children's hearts mm-hmm. from, from the wrong influences. Um, and then from even their own influence, you know, they they break their own children's hearts all the time, you know, just about being jerks or about being calloused or whatever, you know, the Bible also says, don't provoke your children to anger. Um, and so we've there's a lot of like core elements I feel like in terms of protecting um, that you know we're not doing because they're they're kind of subtly undermine so subtly undermining type of threats as opposed to obvious threats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we just don't realize. I was talking with a with a friend of mine about this uh, about a week or so ago. I, I was I I told her I was just really amazed even even at 40 years old, just how malleable my, my mind and my, my consciousness is about how things that I watch and consume really, uh, influence, mm-hmm. influence my, my mind. And, you know, here I am a 40 year old man and I, I can just imagine what it, uh, how, how much that affects and molds a, a young person's mind. So, you know, we're, we're really as, as men of, as men of faith, you know, we're, we're protecting, we're protecting them against, against the world and against the ideas of, of the world and how that's can, can mold and, and, uh, and shape, you know, their, their hearts and their souls. And, um, kind of branching off of that a little bit, um, I want to ask you, um, how, how do you, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit now, but, uh, how do you see the overall state of, uh, of masculinity, uh, at the moment? And, um, what do you think is, um, um, the, what do you see is, is the, uh, feature outlook for, for masculinity, uh, going forward? Um, I think leading up to 2020, it looked pretty bleak. Um, I think everything that's gone on since 2020, um, you know, if you look at how society has kind of been undermined in a variety of ways for the last, you know, 70 years, um, a lot of those, a lot of those things that have been undermining society were so subtle that nobody really noticed. I think since 2020, a lot of things weren't so subtle anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it woke a lot of people up and, I think public trust in a lot of the institutions that we used to take, that we used to trust a lot more um, has eroded away. I mean, almost, almost across the board, whether you look at government, um, you know, the healthcare system, the education system, uh, the media, 
It's, mm-hmm. you know, I think in a lot of ways they overplayed their hand because, you know, um, the attacks from the left on, you know, traditional values and traditional cultures that have been so seemingly um, innocuous that we just kind of stood by and let them happen, not thinking anything was a big deal. And then, now, you know, all of a sudden, the changes were very, very extreme and obvious. And I think a lot of people woke up. And so I, I have, a, I have a lot of optimism uh, moving forward because um, I see a lot of men stepping up. You know, I see, you know, how just how big a business talking about manhood is. You know, I so many of these big accounts and so much of what's going on on all of social media is, you know, men are men are starting to speak up and it's a, a lot of the men that are speaking up are the, the wrong people to be speaking up and they're giving the wrong advice. Um, but at least it's calling attention. Men are stepping up and saying, Hey, even if we haven't figured out how to properly articulate it yet, something is wrong and we're not just going to stand by and let it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're going to see it evolve quite a bit over the next few years um, as to what the messaging ends up being on what modern masculinity does look like and what it entails. And so for me, I think what's important as, as you know, one of the many, many voices that are speaking about this in the public forum um, is to make sure that we, that whatever comes out of this resurgence in masculinity is something that's sustainable and something that's realistic. It's something that's balanced and it's something that has, that recaptures, you know, things like integrity and being trustworthy and being honorable um, because that's what we've been missing for the last 70 years. We haven't lacked strong men. There's been plenty of strong men, but um, you know, if you think about the traits of, um, you know, a strong man, right? He's, he's strong, he's courageous. He takes risks. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that separates, you know, heroes from villains is, who are they using those powers to serve? You know, heroes and villains have the same qualities. The only difference is one of them uses those powers um, and for self-service and the other uses it to protect and to protect those who can't protect themselves and to, and to serve others. And I think what we've seen for the last 50 or 60 years is the only strong men that we've seen have been, villainous types if if we were in a movie they would be playing the villain they're greedy Mm -hmm. they're selfish um it's all about their own power their own status their own influence their own control um and those are the only men that society has you know been putting on pedestals um and that's those aren't the men that that the western world used to pedestalize right yeah Um, and so I, i don't personally see a lack of strong men i see a lock i see a lack of strong men with integrity Mm. yeah that's what we've been missing yeah that's that's good that's good yeah and i i think going back to what what you were saying earlier about how the left and and the media and and the mainstream have just been assaulting those traditional values I, i think i think back to the the analogy of you know um 
the frog like boiling a frog alive if you've heard that like <laughs> I and almost i think use that yeah. yeah yeah and i think you know it, in the last when you right right as 20 2020 and the pandemic hit they just turned the heat up too fast and and we were just then yep. we realized oh we're we're in some hot water here so yep. um and i it, it's funny I, I i started this uh this podcast and and this platform with um you know i i started it two weeks before quarantine um it was kind of just because i was starting to see what was was going on with uh with masculinity and i was inspired by i was in, i've been inspired by guys like uh john eldridge he's been on on the show but he's been a big influence not just on my view of, of manhood but also just um my myself as a as a christian um mm -hmm. in my own faith and you know, saw him and, and even guys like, um, like Steven Crowder, I was inspired by, by him just because, you know, he's, he's a man of faith and, and he started his own platform from, I remember when he was broadcasting from his den in a, in a little house in Michigan. So I, I remember, you know, discovered him, I think in 2015. And, and so, you know, guys, guys like that have, have inspired me and I'm, I'm still, working and trying to articulate my own, uh, my own messaging towards what, you know, um, that, that voice of, of traditional masculinity and, and, uh, just trying to be one of those voices that's stepping up out there and, and giving that, uh, giving that good message that, that we were talking about. And uh, one of the things that kind of inspired me too was, um, I'll segue into this next question. I talked a little bit uh, with my uh, previous guest, uh, uh, Will, um, Renaissance of Men. Um, talked with him a little bit about this, and he gave a really, really great answer. But I want to get your your take and your opinion on um, men's movements online, um, like uh, like the Red Pill uh, movements, like MGTOW. Um, and just very recently, uh, a man who's kind of been associated with red pill, that type of movement, uh, Andrew Tate, uh, he's just been very recently been, been banned off of YouTube, um, not for any policy violations to my knowledge, but just because the YouTube kind of viewed him as a, as a, a dangerous, you know, his, his messaging being slightly dangerous for, for young people out there. So I just kind of want to get your take on, on movements like that. Um, and just, you know, what, what as, as men who value some of the, some traditional values, um, what, what's your, your take and your opinion on these movements and, and, um, you know, what, what can we, what can we take away from, from these movements, but what, uh, what's, what's missing? What, what are those movements missing as far as what, uh, true masculinity should look like? Uh, they're missing a lot of what true masculinity should look like. Um, the first thing that comes to, I don't, my only exposure to Andrew Tate is that I've had, I've had I get quite a few people sending me his stuff asking mm -hmm. what my opinion is on it. Um, I don't even know what red pill meant until like six months ago, you know, so I don't have a whole lot of, you know, informed um, experience with what they're talking about. But the stuff that I do get exposed to just reminds me of like, you know, a 16 year old boy that got his feelings hurt. Now he's just lashing, lashing out in, in anger at everything, you know? And I think, I think men like Andrew Tate and all these people, they're not trying to offer real solutions on how to be a man. They're just playing to those emotions to get, to create controversy and make themselves famous and line their own pockets. Mm. Um, 
So I, I don't think very highly of any of those movements. Um, you know, the way to restore masculinity isn't to be, isn't to become the very thing that everything's been. Everyone that's labeling men as toxic, the way to combat that isn't to become the very thing that they're describing, <laughs> which is what I see as the red pill movement and all that. It's like you realize you're you're in, you're embodying the very thing that these negative stereotypes about men your answer to those to those negative stereotypes about men is to become that negative stereotype about men you think that's wise that's ridiculous so for me i think as a man a man doesn't react a man looks at things objectively and says what what's the best course of action um and a man leads he doesn't react because his feelings are hurt and start lashing out at everybody you know so for me masculinity is like a bear, right? Like it's, it's strong and it's powerful. Um, but if, if it's a wounded bear, that's a really very dangerous thing to release out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the problem that I see with the, the, a lot of the masculinity movement is it's wounded bears, right? It's these strong masculine types, but they're all running around wounded and they just find other wounded men to tell them that it's all right to react out of that wound. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a very, very immature movement that, you know, I understand how they get to that point. It's not that I don't relate to the things that those men are responding to. Um, but the response isn't to become like everyone else and start a giant, you know, food fight with the other side. The response is to be controlled, to be calm and to demonstrate what a real man is. Um, and that's somebody that's stable. That's somebody that's dependable. That's somebody that doesn't react. That's in control of his emotions. If he does get hurt, he does the work to heal. He doesn't stay wounded and just attack anything that looks like it might be a threat. That's that's not that is the very thing that people are claiming masculinity to be. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous, and um, and so again, I I don't know everything. I'm sure there's some stuff in the red pill movement and. You know, I'm sure there's st- some stuff that Andrew Tate has said that makes sense, but um, I don't think this the solution to giving masculinity a good name is to create all this controversy and make these inflammatory statements and feed the controversy machine. I think it's we need men who are grounded, uh, men with wisdom, um, men who make wise decisions, and you know who lead. Mm-hmm. in a way that and it's and that's what we don't have enough of but i think the men's movement is very in, in a very immature stage right now you know it's it's kind of burgeoning and so you know i think that's i think right now the men's movement in the manosphere is kind of the adolescent version of masculinity that um, i think will grow into a more mature whole version of, of what it, what it really means to be a man uh, yeah. but right right now it's very um it's very immature when I when I read it. I'm like, it just sounds like some 19 year old kid that got his heart broken. They're just oh, all women or whatever. It's like, bro, you need to grow up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I agree and with with that. And and there's there's a lot of things in the uh, in the red red pill movement and the and the manosphere online. Like you said, I, I a lot of and what they they talk about are one of the um, creators in in that space that I've been 
exposed to and actually i was kind of a somewhat of an inspiration for for this show is is to one of the things he he says a lot is to to do the work and become you know become a better version of yourself and i think that's all well and good to a point but then there's also a part of of that that part of becoming the best version of yourself is you know to like you said doing the work to to find healing and and doing the work to become a Mm -hmm. a a more whole version of yourself and and I, i think one of the things that um one of the things that we do, not just as men, but I think just people in general, is we we like to reinforce our own narratives about the world and about ourselves. And I think a lot of what uh, what the Red Pill and Manosphere, you know, those those guys have have done is that, like you said, they've they've touched a nerve or they've touched that the hurt that uh, that men have that men have felt, um, and that's you know they 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 drive home that message that there's there's nothing on the other side of that that this is just how the world's going to keep treating you so you might as well unplug yeah. from it or you might as well you know not not don't don't worry about seeking out wisdom and courage just lead, you know just lead for yourself and just do do things for yourself and um i think that's that's a big kind of echoing what you, what you said that's a big part of what the the red pill movement um is 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 lacking um and i do it it reminds me of actually a a story from uh from the bible in a in a weird way and i i can't remember exactly what book it's from it's from the old testament but uh, i think it was was um Solomon, you know, the, the Lord asked Solomon, you know, what I, I can, I can give you two, two things. What, what are, what is it that you want? And he asked for wisdom and courage, um, mm-hmm. which is what we're, which is what we're lacking as, as a mm-hmm. society and as, and as men today. So I, I think that's, that's a key point that, that we've kind of discovered and, and hit on here is that, you know, we, we need to plug into, into wisdom and find ways to be, uh, to be courageous and, you know, I, God calls us to to be courageous all all the time. And I mm-hmm. heard once that the that God says, "Fear not." Um, three hundred and at least three hundred sixty five times in in the Bible, and um, I I'd have to look 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 at a concordance to see if that's that's true. You know, if that's true. But I heard it many many years ago, and. One of my own favorite verses, he he says, you know, I've commanded you to be strong and courageous and to to not be afraid. So that's um um you know, I think that's a that's a key thing that we've hit on here. So uh with that, um I'm gonna take a we'll we'll take a quick break here. Um I am my guest joining me today is uh, Mr. Ryan King. You can find him on uh Instagram at uh, the wisdom of kings. And uh we'll be uh We'll be right back uh, to talk about a little bit more about uh, his journey as a man and uh, uh, talking about uh, what uh, what it means, what, what a, a king would look like in this day and age. So we'll uh, we'll take a quick break here. I am your host, John Waltz. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, here in beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, and joining me from uh, the great state of uh, Arkansas, just down, like I said, just down uh, Interstate 40 from me for uh, for a few hours, uh, is Mr. Ryan King. Uh, He uh, runs the Instagram account, uh, The Wisdom of Kings, and uh, runs that platform. Ryan, um, kind of getting back into uh, a little bit of uh, conversation about what masculinity looks like, and and I know um, you know you you had started this uh, this platform, uh, the Wisdom of Kings. So, uh, in your uh, in your view, um, what does uh, what what makes a man uh, a king in today's day? Um, I get that question a lot because of the name of my Instagram handle. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that it's just a play on words with my last name. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's something that I um, had never really thought about until the last few months since I started my page. Um, you know, but to me, that kind of goes back to, um, you know, the subjects we touched on previously as far as, you know, who are you using your, your masculinity for, you know, um, you know, to me, what it means to be a king. You know, right now we've had our kingdoms taken away. So we're kind of in this phase of we're trying to reestablish our kingdoms, um, which necessitates, you know, fighting. Right. And so I feel like that's a lot of the reason why the movement of masculinity, you know, over the, especially, you know, I would say from the year 2000 and maybe 2018, and we've still got some, some of that going on with the red pill stuff has been so self-centered, you know, is because you're trying to create a kingdom. But um, if you think about the behavior of, of a king, you're judged by the by your by the abundance of your kingdom, mm. not by your own accomplishments. Um, and so, for me, I think that's one of the key things that needs to be um, inserted into this discussion of masculinity. Is um, so much so much of the the content that I that I see is just geared around you know I'm going to get mine, I'm going to get a Bugatti, I'm going to be on jet planes. Here's how awesome I am. Um, and it's like, how many people want a lot of a lot of men want to be that man, but how many be how many men want to be part of a man like that's kingdom? <laughs> yeah, not many, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you have to look at it from the perspective of not only like how do I become a king, but if I am a king, that inherently implies that I have subjects. And so, what do what do my subjects have to say about me? Do they love me or do they hate me? Am I a good king or am I a bad king? Do I make their lives better? Do I provide protection for them? Is there abundance? Um, do I bless them? Do I, you know, and, and I think, you know, a real king, I say this, this is a very, just my opinion, right? Like I don't, it's not based on anything, but um, to me, the goal of the king is to help other men see the king within themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not about worship me and put me on a pedestal. It's about, Hey, you know, I've accomplished these things. Here's the path I followed. I'm going to bestow that knowledge on you. I'm not you. You're not a threat to me. You know, I I want you to succeed with me. I want your kingdom to thrive as well. It's not all this me versus you and you against the world and you know that whole that whole mindset. That's what got us where we are. Um, you know, if if we're going to revive a, ma- a version of masculinity that that includes men. Because right now the red pill movement and so much of the hyper masculine content is, it's it's only including a 
a really damaged small percentage of hyper-masculine men, right? Like it, it alienates a huge chunk of men who aren't, not, not every man wants to be an alpha. Like if you've ever been on a sports team, like mm -hmm. there's a couple of guys that want to be like, give me the ball, I'm going to go score. There's a lot of guys that just want to be on the team and play their role. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's all they want. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You can't have a, a general, not everybody in the army can be a general. Some guys have to just be, and a lot of guys do that in, in, in a thriving organization, whether it's a business or a sports organization or a military or whatever, you have these roles. Not everybody is a one man army. Right. And that's kind right. of like this broken view that we have. And so, for me, being a king is, is really, a, it really comes down to, um, you know, we've got to create a version of masculinity. And I hate the word inclusive because that's kind of been co-opted by, you know, mm -hmm. um, the, the far left. But we've got to make room in, the, in, the, in this space for men that there's still a place for you here, even if you're not a super alpha killer, right? Like, Maybe you're an artist, maybe you're a poet, maybe you're a musician, you know, maybe you're an architect, maybe you, maybe you're a sculptor. Like there's not everybody, we don't need a, a city full of warriors. We need merchants. We need all these different roles and we've got to create a version of masculinity that includes and men that men are comfortable being a part of because they don't, they don't have to be this jacked tan, you know, multi-billionaire guy to be included in this group of men and to be, and to be treated with respect as a man for the contributions that you do have to offer to the kingdom. Right. Right. And then that includes women that helps that, that, that doesn't pit men and women against each other, but men, you know, use their strength to, to nurture and provide it to provide an environment that women are treated with respect and women are valued. Um, and, um, you know, what they bring to the table isn't, isn't looked down upon, you know, because, you know, I, I've been reading, I'm reading the biography of uh, Harry Truman right now mm. and his, his parents were pioneers. Right. And so it's talking about his mom and dad. Well, you know, what a woman brought to the table used to be considered just as valuable as the man, because it was really hard, right? Like, you know, Harry yeah. Truman's grandfather was a pioneer. And so he was gone for months out of the year. He trusted his wife to do everything. And she was tough. And she like ran, ran off bands of outlaws and like all kinds of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. She protected the homestead and she churned the butter and she did everything. Right. And so for a long time, it, it those, those roles were viewed as equally, as equally important. Um, they were different, but they were equally important because you needed each other to survive. It was literally like a man couldn't survive and do everything that needed to be done without a, without a capable, intelligent, you know, diligent woman. You know, I think the advent of a lot of the modern conveniences in the 50s and 60s, you know, being a housewife wasn't that challenging anymore. And so that, that I think, is what is a very, it is a very recent development in how men view women. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a healthy way to view women. You know, I think, you know, my wife, I wouldn't be where I'm at in my career if my wife hadn't done so much in our home, you know, and, and raising our children and, you know, managing finances. And I mean, there was a lot of really challenging stuff that she dealt with while I was building my business. And I think, um, I don't think there's anything unmasculine in saying, yeah, I couldn't have gotten where I got without my wife, without my wife's help. 
Yeah. Um, that's the whole point, right? I mean, it's because I, I can't do everything I need. A family, I, I would probably rephrase that a family can't have everything it needs to thrive with just what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just what she has to offer. It takes both people working together. And I think the only way we're going to restore a version of masculinity that catches on and reaches critical mass is if we do it in a way that everybody knows there's, there's a, there's a place for them, whether you're a hyper-masculine man or whether you're just a man that says, you know what? I I don't really care to be the center of attention. I don't care Mm -hmm. to have the Bugatti. I just want to make my art or I just want to be a farmer. I just want to be a mechanic. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like we, we're not, we're not giving play. We're not giving a place for men that, you know, for men that aren't like this, absolute like rambo (laughs) so there's a lot of men that just don't identify with that and that's okay there's still value that you can that you have to offer i mean tom brady gets a lot of attention but without his offensive line he would be nothing Mm -hmm. and in real life those kinds of roles are just as important and they're treated with importance we just don't talk about it in the men's movement so it, it alienates a big chunk of men and then obviously with the way the red pill talks about women and all that there's no place for women want no part of that and right so yeah you can't have a thriving kingdom if only five percent of the kingdom likes the direction of what's going on and everybody else is alienated yeah yeah that's a that's a great point and and having been having been an offensive lineman in uh, in high school and college i can you know that, that's oh. immediately what i what i thought of when you were talking about you yeah. know the the uncelebrated roles just because you know we were you know, we we're the guys that, that put our hands down in the dirt and, and, you know, beat the crap out of each other. So the, the way I, it was funny that when, mm-hmm. when I, uh, the way I would, would explain it to, uh, um, to people, um, and, you know, most of the time it was, it was girls. And when I would tell them that I played football and they're like, Oh, what position did you play? And I would tell them, well, I played right guard and they would, kind of like well i don't know what that means and i said well i was i was one of the big fat guys who ran in and pushed around the other fat and big guys so the small guy could run around with the ball and not get tackled but you know yeah. and obviously that's a that's a very value you know like you said that's a valuable role i mean that makes absolutely you know that makes the football team go around and and yeah there you're right we we need capable men that that want to that don't necessarily you know, we, we don't need, we don't need, you know, 12 foremen on a construction site. We need capable men to, yes. to put in the girders and to, and to, you know, and, and to raise the building. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm in the Nashville area and, and there's all kinds of construction going on right now in the area. And, and it's just, uh, it's amazing to see like, and, and most of these, you know, it, these are just guys behind the scenes, guys that are just out there doing their thing every day, clocking in, clocking out, you know, the, mm-hmm. the real blue collar and lunch pail guys. And, and with this internet age, you know, we, we celebrate, like you said, we celebrate the hyper-masculine, we celebrate the, the, the individual achievers. And, and I think there's, there's, you're, you're right. There's not enough room, you know, for celebration of the role players right now. Yeah. And, um, that, I, that's a, exactly, um, well, and a lot of people want to be the quarterback, but they might not be good at it. Right. And so yeah. it's telling oh, yeah. every man that, you know, the only way you can be a man is to try to be the quarterback. And then they go out on the field and they don't get to play quarterback and then they get bitter mm-hmm. and hate everybody else for, it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, we can, we've got plenty of evidence of what happens when we've got like the diva wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
that's basically what we're telling all men to be yeah. is, is the diva wide receiver. It's like, I want to get my catches, throw the ball to me more. They're not worried about the team. Right. You know, yeah. and, you know, and it's just the, the tone of all the content right now is very self-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just in real life, that's not how any effective organization works. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and the ones that are the leaders are the ones that just earn it. That's not about entitlement. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, you're the best at the job. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, or even you know, guys that that do want to be quarterback, they get put in there, and then then they fail, and they become bitter because you know, and they think it's you know things are were rigged against them. So you know that that's another, mm-hmm. yeah, another uh, part of that too, and and. Um, I want to uh, kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, what what uh, inspired you to to start your Instagram and start your platform? Um, I just got tired of the wrong the wrong men defining what masculinity is, and so much of what I saw being presented as masculine. You know, I know what a man is. I am one, you know, I have mm-hmm. the life that all these people are trying to say they they're trying to get right. Like I'm, I don't own business. I've been, you know, basically retired since I was 35. I've got the wife, I've got the kids, you know, I've got the house. I've got all those things that, you know, people are posting like, this is what I want someday. It's like, well, I have it. And when it, and the way everybody is telling you to get it is wrong. Mm-hmm. They're lying to you. They're selling you fool's gold. Doesn't work that way. Yeah. 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 So that's, that was my motivation is, is to provide, you know, a grounded, um, a grounded representation of what it means to be a man. Um, It's actually, it's actually attainable for, for regular dudes, you know, like not everybody's going to be a UFC star. Not everybody's going to be a reality star, right? Like, you know, like just go get it go get go be an uh, an electrician and be a really good one or whatever right like mm-hmm. um, don't all have to be divas yeah and that's really all that's being sold and i just got tired of that because it's like that's not real and all these young men are getting misled mm-hmm. and it's just going to lead them down the wrong path and they're going to and it, you know it's more than just for the sake of the men that are being led down the wrong path it's not just for them, but men who behave that way and the casualties they create along the way create even more bitterness, right? It's like, that's why we lost the war in Vietnam for every, for every soldier we killed, we created 10 more because of the Mm -hmm. way we went about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many men are behaving in a way that not only are you damaging your own life and it's not going to get you where you want to go, but you're going to damage so many lives along the way that it's, you're like, you're like a walking virus. Yeah. Like, um, and, and so I feel like I know a better path for not every man, but, you know, at least an alternative to that for the men that identify with it, mm-hmm. um, that I didn't see anybody talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing that, that I think of with that is, is, you know, guys that, you know, if, if you're a guy out there and you're into the the quote unquote spinning plates with with multiple, you know, multiple women, multiple sexual partners, just realize that those people that that you are all the all all that tail that you're wanting to pull all that, 
you know, that those are real people with, with hopes and dreams and, and lives. And you're, you're creating, you're, you're just adding to the, to the division that that's, that's growing between specifically mm-hmm. between men and women. Like the, you know, the, the, the girl at the bar that you're trying to pick up and sleep with and have a one night stand with just because you want to get your rocks off. I mean, that's, that's going, what your actions are going to affect her. And then her actions are going to affect, you know, her friends, they're going to be affect, you know, any other men that she interacts with. And it's, it's just going to contribute. There's, there's just so much, it's, it's kind of a twisted version of the butterfly effect really is, is what, uh, Absolutely. what comes to mind there. But, well, somebody's uh, out, here's the thing. Somebody's out there doing that to your future wife right now. And you're going to have to pay the consequences for it someday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, and when I say the consequences, what I mean by that is she's going to have trust issues. Yeah. She's going to have abandonment issues. You know, she's going to have resentment towards men. She's going to have walls up. Um, she's going to have, you know, a lot of men, you know, talk about women like, oh, she's damaged goods if she's not a virgin. And that's not the kind of, that's not what I'm, what I mean. What I mean is that, you know, somebody's out there doing, treating your future wife that way. And someday when you get married, she she's going to behave towards you like you are that guy that hurt her. And you're going to have to get you're going to have to pay the consequences for, like I said, her abandonment issues, her trust issues, her resentment towards towards men. You know, the walls that she's had up to defend herself against men that shouldn't have taken advantage of her, but did her response to that is to put is to become defensive. And she's going to attack you and even if you didn't do anything, you're going to have to take the punishment for what other men did to her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something you're going to have to wear. Don't exacerbate that for all your fellow men and brothers that are going to have to put up with your con- with the consequences of your actions someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very good. Very well-spoken. Um, so speaking of um, marriage and fatherhood um, and all, all that, uh, all that you, that you have. Um, I did see on your Instagram, you very recently celebrated your, uh, anniversary with your wife. So, uh, happy belated anniversary. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, tell Thank us a you. little bit about, uh, what your, your journey as a husband and a father has been like. Um, man, I, it's just been a process of learning from my mistakes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the most important thing I would tell, I would tell men about being a husband and a father is, um, to be very self-aware and be very sensitive to how your behavior is affecting those around you. Um, I think one of the, one of the real challenges I had to learn was, um, you know, one of the traits of being, you know, masculine is that you've got to go out and make your way in the world. You've got to be focused and you've got and in a lot of ways, that takes determination and that takes, you know, if somebody puts a wall up, you got to break that wall down, you know, to, to go accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And, and there's this very kind of aggressive, um, action-oriented, problem-solving mentality, right, that, that, men were, that men, you have to have it to go accomplish anything in the world. Um, I would say there's a lot I could talk about um, in response to that question, but I would say the biggest thing that I've learned is that those those traits that served me so well in my personal life that helped me be successful as an athlete, that helped me be successful as a business person or, you know, from a fitness standpoint, 
when I bring that intensity level into my home, it goes from being that aspect of my personality had only ever benefited me as an, as a man, helped me accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish as a man. And then all of a sudden it's like the snake turned around and bit me in my home. Because when I tried to apply that same mentality to my wife and kids, this, this thing that had only ever been beneficial for me, all of a sudden became a, a force of destruction because you can't treat your wife that way. Your wife isn't a problem to be solved. Your wife isn't, you know, a, an objective to conquer. It's an ongoing relationship, you know, um, and the same thing with your kids. You know, if all you're doing is, you know, teaching your kids and solving every single problem, they're going to hate you because they're human beings. And every mm -hmm. time that you try to correct them on something sooner or later, they get to the point where they feel like nothing they ever do is good enough. You know, and so that's the biggest challenge, I think, as a, if you're, if you're, a, you know, if you, if you trend towards that hyper-masculine type of behavior, like I did, um, that was the biggest challenge for me as a husband and a father is, is realizing that there's two sides to that coin, you know, and as beneficial as it was outside the home, it was equally destructive inside the home. And so learning how to, how to, you know, um, turn that, turn the volume down on that at home and be more, um, more aware of just how much my treatment affects my wife and kids. I don't think many men have enough respect for how impressionable and how sensitive their wives and children are to the way that they're treated, you know, because men are mean to each other all the time. And we just are like, ah, it's no big deal. Right. Like, mm -hmm. You know, I had coaches, you were an athlete, right? Like I had coaches yeah. yelling, get in my face and yell and scream at me. It didn't bother me. And so it's easy to think that other people, it doesn't bother anybody else. But, you know, our effect as husbands and fathers, the way we treat them has an absolutely outsized effect on how they see themselves and how they view themselves. Um, and I think it's really, really important uh, to realize, you know, how much your kids view you and how much they crave your approval and your acceptance and your encouragement. Um, and it took me a long time to realize just, just how much their, my behavior and my approval means to them. And if, if I'm not careful, I could just break their hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, when you got, when you got a seven year old little boy, he's not a man. <laughs> he's sensitive. He's got a soft little heart. Right. And like, if you break it, I mean, you're, you're crushing his spirit, absolutely crushing his spirit. And so that's the biggest thing I had to learn in my journey as a husband and a man and a father um, was how to, how to become kind of this whole different type of person at home because my, my behavior has such an outsized effect on the people in my home than it does. And so I kind of think of it as like you put your armor on to go outside the house and do battle. But when you come back home, you got to take the armor off, leave the weapons at the door and come in yeah. and be the teddy bear. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's good. Good to there. That's um, I'm, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking mental notes for the, uh, when I, uh, when I do get married, so to, to remember that. So, um, <laughs> thank you for, for that, uh, for that wisdom. Um, so, um, Final question um, while we wrap uh, wrap things up here. Um, 
this is a question, kind of a common question that I ask a lot of my guests too. And, and what's, um, what advice and, and counsel would you give to, uh, uh, to a young man who say they're, they're kind of in that space where they're ready to kind of give up on the world and they're kind of ready to disconnect from society and, and, uh, just kind of go into that self-serving, uh, lifestyle maybe they're just kind of down on the world down on their luck a little bit you know I, what what kind of counsel and advice would you give to uh, to lift them back up um don't be a coward giving up because people are being mean to you is the behavior of cowards we need noble men we need men to step up and not just escape from the world because it hurts we need men to endure the pain and step up and lead and be strong anyway. Um, you know, going out and, you know, um, isolating yourself because the world hurt you. So what? That's why you're strong. That's why you're a man. Learn how to deal with the pain. Learn how to have, uh, understand the source of that pain and try to do something to make, to, to fix it. Right. Like give, you know, be the kind of man that gives men a good name. Like, yeah. Commit, commit yourself to being, to being an embodiment of the opposite of how you've been stereotyped that hurt you. You know, where's the world? What's going to happen to the world if all the good men retreat into caves? Yeah. Well, it's, it would, uh, look a lot closer. It would look uh, a lot worse than, than it does now for sure. I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand the sentiment. I understand the sentiment. So I don't, I don't want to seem callous or cold about it. I understand the, the the desire to want to do that. I'm a man. I get, you know, I get attacked by the same types of things. I see the same types of media. I read the same comments on social media about how, you know, the world doesn't need men and men are dangerous and and all that stuff. You know, um, but I mean, if we follow that path. I mean, you can't hide from it. Yeah. It's going to follow you wherever you go. You can go buy a homestead and, you know, try to live off the grid and you might make it another five or seven years. But if society collapses because all the good men have just given up and ran, run away, it's not like your kids are going to have this great life. There's no escaping it. You can either do something about it or you can be a victim of it. Burying your head in the sand and hoping it goes away isn't a solution. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, and one of my, one of my favorite songs actually has, that's part of the, uh, that's part of the hook of the song, I think is don't, don't look down, don't be the victim, you know, don't run away. It's, um, you know, it's, it's very, very profound, profound advice. And, and in a lot of ways, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, trying to do that myself and, and follow my own, you know, follow, follow my own advice. And, and, uh, it's kind of the, the old phrase, uh, practice what you preach. So it's, um, I think that's part of the reason God wants me to do, do this as well and, and start do this platform is to, um, you know, to, to, to do, to be accountable to that and to that way of thinking. But, um, um, we'll go ahead and, and, and wrap yeah. things up here. Um, did you have any, something else that, uh, that you wanted to add before we wrap, uh, wrap something up? Just a, just a thought came to mind, you know, as you know, what we were just talking about at, at the end of the movie, uh, Legends of the Fall, um, you know, the narrator is the, the Indian, Indian guy that lived, that lived with him. And 
he described Tristan's character as, um, and Tristan is actually in Wild at Heart, you know, John Eldridge's book. He's one of the examples of a man. And, uh, he was described as uh, the rock, the rock that the world broke itself against. Hmm. So that's what I would tell men who want to retreat and give up and give in is stand up and be the rock the world breaks itself against. Do yeah. not and don't be moved. Stand for something. Yeah. 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 Do not be do not be moved by the uh by by this world, but be transformed. Um but yeah, that's absolutely yeah. Really great stuff, Ryan. Thank you so much for uh, uh, for joining us uh, for joining the the show today and and uh, and and doing this. I do appreciate it. I know your time uh, your time is very valuable, so I, I just want to say thank you for uh, for extending that some uh, some of that to me and to uh, to the audience uh, by proxy. Uh, so he is Ryan King. Um, Ryan, where uh, where are some of the best places for people to uh, to find you online? Uh, right now, it's just uh, Instagram at the Wisdom of Kings. Okay, that's, yeah, that's awesome. It. All right. Well, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that Instagram handle in the show notes below. You can you can find him, like you said, on Instagram at the Wisdom of Kings. Uh, he is Ryan King. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today, Ryan. And uh, this is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, Rebirth episode number three. I am your host, John Waltz, and I will talk to you all next time.